this is Paul Nobles from Eat and Form, and it's been a while since we've been together here, but I have Su Dr. Susan Kleiner on the line. Um, the last podcast we did was one of the more popular podcasts that we've had, where we talked about immune system health and getting through COVID-19 and things of this nature. Today's topic is going to be a little bit different because we're a little bit more than a month in. And a lot of people that were avoiding the scale for whatever reason, walk past the mirror and, and just going, I need to know what to do. I, I, I'm, I'm seeing some things in the mirror I'm not liking. And so that's going to be a discussion that we're having. And at the center of that discussion is going to be obviously us at Eat to Perform, where you can go to www.eattoperform.com. Um, we do have free trials, trying to get as many people help as possible. Um, and then the, the main part of the conversation is going to be really the contents of, of really my favorite book by Susan, which is The Good Mood Diet. So Susan, why don't, you know, we'll walk through why The Good Mood Diet makes a lot of sense and things of this nature, but why don't you talk to people and let them know where they could get it? Well, hi, uh, you know, welcome to, welcome to our inner worlds. Um, thanks, Paul. Yeah, so come to my website, drskleiner.com, D-R-S-K-L-E-I-N-E-R.com, and you can learn about me, you can find out about my books and the things that I do. Uh, I have to get better at keeping up my calendar and the, and the virtual presentations that I'm going to be doing. I haven't really updated that yet. Still says I think that I might be in Vietnam. Um, <laughs> so uh, that's the best place right now. I'm also, of course, uh, on social platforms, uh, Instagram and Twitter at Power Eat, uh, and on Facebook, Dr. Susan Kleiner. So the reason why she is Power Eat online is because of new power eating. And I know a lot of people are looking for, for books to read. Um, so along with Good Mood Diet, really what, what new power eating is, if you haven't read the two or if you want to refresh yourself on them, basically new power eating is like the next level of the Good Mood Diet. But the foundation of new power eating was, you know, framed in the good mood diet. Okay, so in our last um, podcast, we talked about the motivations of whether or not you should be dieting and all these different things at that time. The basic idea was, you know, that we were all going through a lot of uncertainty. Um, when you look at any kind of diet intervention, for the most part, well, even in the case of the Good Mood Diet, where you would change some of the things that you're eating and replace it with better options, it still is an intervention. It can be a little stressful. It's not as stressful as, say, reducing your calories, right? Um, but at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, okay, I've got many things that I have to worry about, right? do I want to add to that plate? So that was a little bit of the discussion that we had last time. I don't know where you're at, Susan, because I know we're all in a different place. And, and the one thing that I think Susan and I are going to be really sensitive about is really trying to be inclusive to every type of person, 
right? Because I think on the one hand, it's very difficult to be Susan or I right now. Because on the one hand, you want to be super positive for people and you want to kind of push them to be their best. But you also need to kind of be sensitive to mental health concerns, right? And so that's something that I think is important to, to both of us, right? And so I think for a lot of folks out there, they're sort of wondering, should I do something as it relates to reducing calories, changing the way that I eat, whatever. Okay, so we're basically over a month in at this point. And I remember somebody saying, you know what? After 30 days, people are going to settle in. It was interesting just kind of looking at the business side of Eat to Perform because right out the gate, you know, there was a lot of discussion about people over consuming alcohol. Alcohol purchase was up 50%. Um, just the general vibe was, it was, it was like Christmas and Hanukkah and the holidays, like times 10 with no end date. Right. And like, like the thing about the thing about Christmas and Hanukkah and, and all these other holidays that happen sort of all at once is we all kind of know it has an end date and the end date is January 1st. Right. And it's so funny because people talk about all these resolutions that don't get um, fulfilled. Um, there's a lot of resolutions that actually do get fulfilled. Like as an example, you know, um, I may have failed at six resolutions, but that last resolution really stuck. Right. And I don't think people consider that a lot. Right. And so the, the, the fact that there was really no end date for this, uh, it, in my view, a weekend people were going to um, start to to want to make changes. I was dead wrong about that. Um, it 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 really felt like um, it took about a month, right? I think right now we're day thirty seven or something like that. It it did take some people maybe two three weeks, right? But it took longer than a week to 10 days, you know, and I can tell you, what am I basing this on? Well, I'm basing it on the holidays, right? Mm -hmm. So after people go to November, right? So for the most part, not only am I the owner of Need to Perform, but I'm a marketing guy, right? So I look at marketing data and I look at, you know, when are people moving and, and, and wanting to make changes and things of this, this nature. After Thanksgiving is actually way more popular than most people know, right? And then, you know, there's the window around, you know, Christmas that people start to really get itchy. And for the most part, at least in the last few to five years, they actually buy their plan before they enact their plan, right? Mm -hmm. So we see our biggest, you know, uh, you know, date between the 26th and the 1st. So, so I know these dates and how they apply to my business. The problem with, you know, what ultimately was happening and where people needed to get help is that you, you couldn't really figure out, you know, when they were gonna not only need the most help, but also, you know, take a step in the right direction. And so to me, 
when I look at it, so as an owner of a business, you know, as you might imagine, it's, it's a relatively stressful time. I've had to make a lot of pivots, a lot of adjustments, things of this nature. So, you know, I, I had looked at, you know, a fat loss cycle around, you know, February, March. Um, there were some things that happened, kind of pushed it into March, right as the pandemic hit was when I was starting to look at another cut, right? So obviously once that happened, there was no cut. There will be no cut for me, right, um, throughout this process. Essentially, what I'm going to be doing is what Susan's going to talk to you about with the Good Mood Diet, right? Because this, uh, what I am doing at this point is taking maybe some bad habits. I have to tell you, um, I'm actually down weight, right? Um, this was a little stressful for me um, on a lot of levels. I had to make a lot of big changes business-wise, things of this nature. I know that that's not everybody's situation. I do know that a lot of people were stressful. Some people stress eat. Some people, you know, don't, right? And then they lose a lot of weight. So there, there, there really is the, just the, the whole spectrum. But for me, you know, really kind of adding in more fermented foods, adding in more whole grains, adding in more. These are the things that I've learned from Susan that she's going to tell you about right now. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Well, I think that um, no good deed ever goes unpunished, you know. So, so the concept for people of I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut myself some slack. I have a lot of stress right now. My kids are home. Uh, my husband and I are out of work. I don't know how we're going to make our payments. Or I'm now working from home and my kids are home and my husband is working from home or one or both of us. Uh, we're both at home and we've never been together this many hours in a day ever. And maybe our relationship wasn't meant to be this tight and this close. I mean, or, or I can't see, you know, more someone my age, I can't see my children. I can't see, I mean, my parents are, are gone, but many of my friends still have their parents who maybe are in nursing homes. I mean, the combination stresses right now for so many people, and certainly at the beginning of this, we're through the roof. And so putting additional stress on yourself of, oh my God, I haven't done my exercise and I haven't eaten the right way and I don't have control over the food that I can purchase. And I don't, you know, that additional stress leads to um, sort of mental health disability, right? Um, emotional and, 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 and cognitive disability. There's so much dissonance, you can become paralyzed and not be able to manage through the stress and cope. So we talked about thinking about your diet as part of your frontline defense against infection and building your immune function and thinking about the abundance of healthy foods that you can focus on and practices that are good for you and not limiting or certainly cutting because certainly low calories and low consumption of food can open a window where 
your immune function is not working and infection can invade. So whether it's COVID-19 or it's anything else going around, you, you, you could potentially decrease your, your sort of immune barrier. Now, um, so, so what that led to in sort of looking, and not just what we said, but other responsible folks talking about it, it led to this sort of blanket, I guess, over permissiveness to do whatever the hell you want to do because none of this is going to matter anyways and, and just feel better. Do whatever it takes to feel better. And, um, and many people, their go-to is overconsumption across the board, certainly including alcohol. And so when you look at the Good Mood Diet, and what I want to talk about today is there's a serious neurobiology of food, that the chemistry in food combined impacts very directly how you feel. If you just think about looking at food, you know you can start to salivate. And so just looking at food changes your physiology, let alone consuming different foods. And so for me, the conversation is today, how to connect with how food really makes you feel, both short and long-term. We clearly see this is not gonna be a here today, gone tomorrow issue. Um, it's really an overall foundational um, system that I have used both for my clients as well as raising my children. And it is, it is a good way to think about eating um, for, for now and for the long term. So I wanted to back up for just a second because there's something that comes up a lot, right? And, you know, let's say that you didn't make a move on January 1st like a lot of people do. And you decided that, you know, your weight was up a little bit. You know, maybe you'd push it to February. It was a better time. And then February came in March, you know. And now all of a sudden, instead of being up 10 pounds, you're up, let's say, 20 pounds, right? What people will often say is that you, your weight should not, you know, affect how you feel about yourself, right? But it does affect but it, how you feel. But, but is Maybe that, not about yourself, but it does yeah. affect how you feel. Okay, but, but so, so tell me how you would think about that, because I think this is an interesting discussion that we've not had, because, you know, to be honest with you, you know, it's not very common for people to gain as much weight as a lot of people are gaining right now, and I'm, I'm, I want to seriously ask the question to you, right, is it okay for someone to say that? Or how should they reframe that discussion? Because you hear it from people all the time, is that you control who you are, right? But there's these underlying factors. You've replaced a lot of good habits with bad habits. And now all of a sudden, you know that those bad habits have accumulated. And now you're 20 pounds heavier and your self-worth is being affected. Is that fair? 
Is it fair for people to feel that way? This is what I'm going to say. It's not about what you weigh. It's about how you feel. And so um, connecting internally is what matters. Self-worth should not be connected to your external physical appearance. Self-worth is an internal, innate sense of who you are, what you stand for, um, and how you view yourself as a person, uh, your contribution to society and the world around you. Um, it's about doing, it's not, and, and being, but not about a visual component. So, and happiness and satisfaction is actually, doesn't come from external sources. Um, it comes from your, your it, it comes from deep inside. And so the, the whole sort of non-diet approach that people talk about um, where you have personal acceptance is has has the sing the it needs to be separated from personal behavior and how you choose to live your life because in fact what you do and the choices that you make particularly around food and physical activity directly impact your brain chemistry how you think about yourself, how you perform day to day, your your and how you feel. And so so it cannot be separated. So you're you're sort of forcing me to play the devil's advocate here, which I'm fine doing, right? Because I, I'm basically just going to tell you what people are telling me each day. So what I hear that you're saying, and I'm just trying to compress this, because I, I really think that this is a very important part for people to kind of wrap their brain around. Your self-worth, it's okay if your self-worth is affected by your negative habits and your negative things that normally do not affect positively your self-care. So overcomes consumption of alcohol, overconsumption of food, not working out, all these things that the stress of the moment may have affected. I think it's okay for people to separate. Yeah, well, first of all, it's okay however you want to feel, but I think what Susan is saying, if I'm understanding, and, and I think I do understand, um, you know, the, the saying, I don't know if it's Lee Peel or who said it, but, but um, is you can't hate yourself lean, right? And, and, and part of the idea here is that you, when, you know, when you do negative behavior, right? That's normally not in your routine or things of this nature. There's certainly some leeway that you can give yourself mentally, right? We all probably agree on that. But as that becomes overrun, 
right? So like, for instance, in my situation, I may, you know, I, I'm, I, I think the best way to describe this is to go to the most extreme, right? So I'm a father, you know, I'm a husband, you know, I have a business and things of this nature. And now all of a sudden, you know, let's say that I let my bad habits, you know, go to such a place where I'm gambling my family's, you know, survival fund. And then, you know, once that gets bad, then I go to a crack house, right? That, that should 100% affect my self-worth, right? And, and what I'm doing is sort of pointing out this extreme where you're kind of going down this avenue, right? That at any point you can stop and, 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 and the issue is, right? So, so there's the, I didn't exercise today. I didn't, you know, make my meals. I did not eat, you know, some whole grains and some fermented foods. And then there's gambling and then there's crack house, right? And by crack house, you've dug such a huge hole that it's sometimes difficult to get out of it, right? So if you're just that, I haven't exercised, or I haven't prepped my meals, these are easy wins that can positively affect your self-worth. Now they may not affect your, your weight, and we can talk about that a little bit as we go, but. It's not I'm, about your weight, it's about how you feel. So yeah. if you are, so the first thing is, you have to know what feeling good for you actually is. And there are way too many people who are so far disconnected long before COVID-19, so far disconnected from what actually feeling good is, as you said, whether they're hating themselves lean or they have been, you know, such, um, you know, major consumers of, of fast food and ultra processed foods and the things that we know make us feel bad over time, um, that, that they don't know how good they can actually feel. So the first thing is you need some kind of a baseline, which is why the Good Mood Diet has this kind of initiation phase, this first two weeks. Try it for two weeks, see how you feel. If you feel like crap at the end of it and you hate yourself, then this isn't good for you. But if you start to notice that there's improvements in the way you feel, that's the guidepost. And so, so the, it is connecting internally with how what you do or don't do makes you feel. So that that then becomes the driver of the choices that you make. You may choose for a period of when this all started, if we thought it was only going to be two or three weeks, well, throw caution to the wind, two or three weeks, you can, it doesn't really matter. So that's a relatively short term. We're just gonna, you know, we're all, we're all in this together. We're just gonna party. Um, after three weeks, typically, you'll start, if you know what feeling good is, you'll start to notice that maybe you don't feel as good. Maybe you're not sleeping as well. Maybe your cognitive performance isn't as good. Maybe uh, you're, you're not coping as well with stress and anxiety. 
Um, you're just not as happy. You're just, you know, angrier. And there's a whole lot of reasons for that other than the food that we're eating or the physical activity that we have. But if we recognize that we're really not doing very well, that we're not feeling as good as we could, and there's these small changes that we actually might have a little control over or you make specific choices in that vein, amidst all the things that we have no control over right now, that may help support you through the rest of this and in fact, the rest of your life. So I was, just once again, I was not <laughs> making the case that people should feel that their self-worth is okay to be attached to their weight. What I was suggesting and the direction, the reason why I was questioning you and asking your opinions on it is because what you're saying is the way that, that they're, the skeps, they're the steps that people skip and immediately jump to self-worth is low because of my weight. Well, you don't know that, right? right? Because what you haven't done is you haven't, you know, you, you maybe had some, some bad habits in place, right? And maybe those bad habits have accelerated, right? But, you know, I was listening to this one doctor and he was just talking about all COVID related things. And, and, and he, he was talking about immunity and how much immunity made a difference for people on a lot of levels and how he thought that it should be a very important part of this process for everyone. And so I'm going to, so in addition to what you're saying, I want to introduce something that I'm seeing because um, it's really interesting. So what I'm seeing is when this all happened, you know, we have thousands of clients and I thought to myself, well, where is my, where's the best place for Paul, right? So I jumped into reviews so I could see where everyone's head's at. And as you can imagine, you know, it was this gigantic cluster of feelings that everyone was experiencing. Some people you know, struggling. Um, there were a the few people that, that were doing okay. My message to everyone is no rules. Just let's talk and I'll get you in a plan you can do right now. Right? Mm -hmm. It would blow people away how many people are following some type of plan with amazing compliance. Now, I'm not suggesting that whatever you're doing right now, you know, is inherently worse or better, right? But what I will tell you right now is there's a lot of you out there going, well, everyone else is doing it. And I'm just going to tell you that in two to three weeks, we got everyone on a plan and they're doing that plan. And that plan isn't always drastically eat less, right? Because like Susan is saying, you know, and, and this is why I think Good Mood Diet's really a good foundation for this because what happens, like if you think about any diet intervention that you have, right? It will shock you, you know, you, you what, 
let's say keto, good mood diet, power eating, eating form, whatever it is, it would shock you that if you've overconsuming, that just getting things in order will affect things positively. There's all these people that you know want to chop off their arm tomorrow to lose 20 pounds, right? And you see them gravitating to these really extreme options. Well, at this point, I'm not seeing a lot of people. It's funny because, you know, when we saw all those grocery shelves go away, what did you start to see leave the grocery okay. shelves? So this is hilarious. The flour and all the baked products and there's no yeast. So you remember when we did our whole grain talk yeah, and yeah. people wrote in as if I had told them to kill their firstborn, right? It was, I was the devil incarnate. It was, it was like, I was some lunatic from Mars. And I don't know what this moment in time has done to people's brains, but all of a sudden eating whatever grain you could get, all purpose or otherwise, has become the baking product of the day. Everyone's baking, everyone's. I just have cracked up where I went from this lunatic to now all these followers talking to me about how great it is that I'm doing all this bread baking. I, I it's just what what is part of COVID-19 that makes people wanna bake bread? I don't know. <laughs> well, I think, I think you, my sister posted a meme and you know she posted the the bread section um was empty and she's like weren't all you keto neck last week yes you know? right and, and and it really is interesting because um i don't doubt that there's some people still doing extreme diets but there's been a lot of good that's come out of this and i think some of the good that's come out of this is that people are going I can't do something that's just going to make me just feel 10 miserable. times feel <laughs> miserable, feel miserable. That's the best way to say it. And, and, and look, you know, there's going to be a time where responsible carbohydrate consumption, you know, I, I think that's, that's consistent with, with Susan and I's message, but what you see with a flexible program, the way we describe is that it's much easier to follow. And then all of a sudden, what you start to see with very small interventions, you may not be losing drastic amounts of weight or things of this nature, but for not everyone, that is the most important thing. Now, I will say this, there are a lot of people that are like, you know what, I'm getting more exercise now because I'm at home, you know, I can prepare my meals, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people having success in that way also. Right. It's very right? true. Yeah, there's that and, side and of the coin. How many families do you see walking each night right. and, and things of this nature? So I, I what I think is happening in social media is there's this over um, description of extreme behaviors that really isn't how it's actually going down, mm -hmm. right? I think there's a lot of people that are going you know, I just drank a fifth of Jack Daniels last night. How about the rest of you guys? And then there'll be some other people that talk. And, and then the good majority of people who don't speak up at all are going, no, I'm definitely not doing that. Right. <laughs> you know? So, and, and so the thing, the thing for me is that, you know, talk to get into, uh, you know, a tiny bit about 
carbs and to help people through those choices is that there really is good science about carbohydrate in the diet and mood. And there's, it's really good science. And the keto folks can say whatever the heck they want. And there's always some outlier, just like the 105 year old guy who smoked and drank his whole life. You only hear about him because you never hear about all the people who died at 40 because they smoke and drink for their whole lives. So, so yes, there's the outlier. However, the data is abundantly clear that a diet that is much less than 40% of total calories from carbohydrate in people who are prone to depression, which right now is a very high proportion of people, it will it it can it can make them at greater risk of depression and the average person just feel a little more lousy why because it takes carbohydrate to allow tryptophan to move into the brain so that you can manufacture serotonin in the brain it's super clear physiology and brain neurochemistry so but it's not all these you know, highly processed and refined carbs, because yes, in the short term, those definitely make you feel really good. It's why we love sugar for, for several reasons of, of brain neuro, neurotransmitters. Um, but that's in the short term. Over the long term, weeks and months, certainly, um, the, the highly processed foods make us feel worse. They can decrease our ability to cope with stress and anxiety they and 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 they bring on all the stress hormones and so and we start to um, disassemble proteins and so you're not able to make as much serotonin as what makes you feel really good and so you keep eating more and more of highly processed foods so it is the whole grains which also help boost immune function which help decrease inflammation in the gut which do all and it doesn't have to be grains it doesn't have to be bread. It can be um, also other starchy vegetables and fruits and et cetera, you know, cer certainly beans. And all of that wide variety of nutrition isn't just yep. making your immune system better, your body healthier, all of those neuro neurochemical, all of those phytochemicals in the food impact brain health and brain chemistry. So if you haven't listened to all the other discussions that Susan and I had, <laughs> if, if you think about beans, if you think about starches, if you think about bread, what do all these have? Well, they have calories, right? And what we've always made the argument for is when you look at these extreme elimination diets that are naughty and nice lists that often harms people's relationship with food, what it comes down to is you're taking these high calorie foods and just basically adding in low calorie foods, you know, it, it, with the exception of fat. And, and certainly you can overconsume fat. We see that often. Um, and we, it, it's really one of the easiest things to correct. Um, but Susan, in the last podcast, if you, if you get a chance, you should go about halfway through. She talked about the relationship between cortisol and carbohydrates and how they're kind of adversarial and so rather than going over that again it was so brilliant you should really take a chance to listen in on that because it will teach you something that 
honestly, you're not going to hear a lot about. You're not going to hear a lot of people, you know, if you look at my, my crack house, you know, metaphor um, a little bit earlier, um, that's essentially what happens whenever someone's trying to teach you really any kind of idea, right? So I'm throwing out this crazy idea to try and highlight the positive impacts of good habits. If you're um, trying to convince someone of a bad idea, like let's say, you know, drastically reducing carbohydrates and drastically reducing a bunch of your foods that can actually enhance your mood, you're not going to focus on whole wheat bread from, from whole grains. You're going to talk about Skittles, right? And then the person, the person listening to it goes, I eat Skittles, right? And then, and then they go, well, I'll take Skittles out. And then they take pop out. And then they take all these calories that really don't add up to all that much. And then it's like, whoa, you know, I've just performed a miracle. Well, you kind of didn't perform a miracle. You just took a lot of calories out that really didn't add a lot to your system. But what you never tried was adding calories that, or, or replacing the Skittle calories with a whole grain bread or, or replacing the pop with kefir, right? Or replacing just all of these foods that are highly processed, pack a large caloric punch, don't really fill you up all that much the way that say kombucha might, right? Mm -hmm. Or kimchi might, or things of this nature. And you know, a lot of people go, well, I don't like those foods. Well, there are some of the foods you Find like. one that doesn't start with a K. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, just find a food that you like, but, but you know, it's been fun being part of Eat to Perform during this because, um, I mean, we, we've got the gamut, right, of people in terms of emotions and things of this nature. But what you find is, is that when you're in with the right tribe, you know, the solutions are almost always kind of similar, right? And what you find, I think, in moments like these is that if you're really struggling, you know, what you have to do from a self-care perspective is just to gradually move things to a positive place, right? And that positive place might not be, you know, losing 20 pounds. That positive place might be a little bit of a diet intervention, more meal preparation um, that allows you to get your weight under control. Because at the end of the day, if you're adding weight unnecessarily right and you're starting to realize your bad habits are accumulating allowing that to continue is not necessarily going to be favorable as it relates to how your habits are going to be applied over time right so what you ultimately have to do you have to say this is my moment this is my time and the one thing that i'm going to focus on today is this Right. right. And yeah, and we've talked about about how having a plan is so critically important to decreasing stress. You know, whether it's it, and, and that's why each to perform is really helpful. Have, we are in a moment in time where all of our planning 
has gone out the window. All of our plans, our financial plans, our career plans, our academic plans, I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, they are out the window. And so it is terribly stress and anxiety producing. And so finding one plan and then thinking about, and this is, you know, trying to find the positive messaging versus the negative. I talk about, think about what you need to eat, not what you can't eat next. And so that's what Eat to Perform does. It gives you this lovely array of all the things that you need to eat. I do the same thing in the Good Mood Diet. If you think about everything you need to eat, there just isn't much time to think about all the other stuff. And there isn't much time to eat all the other stuff either. And if you have a little bit of time and a little bit of extra calories or a little bit of, of just personal desire to, you know, that you maybe somebody's been baking or somebody went to the store and you got something really lovely that you always, that you, you rarely let yourself eat, but now you let yourself eat that, good for you. That's totally fine. And so, so as long as that's, that's okay, you allow that, but you are also, not instead, not most of the time, but also, in addition, thinking about all the things that make you feel good, that lift your mood, that help you sleep better, that, that make your days go along in a much happier way, um, then, then you've got that, that's your plan. Then that's your plan. It's not about what you weigh, it's about how you feel. Well, and then also- once you feel better, then you can think about, well, do I want to do something about my exercise, my body weight, my whatever else you're trying to do? Well, one of the things that I think happens a lot in these moments is that people feel powerless because they project um, kind of negative thoughts. Yes. Things that, things that could happen, right? Um, certainly as, you know, I've talked about it on this you can listen back to the to the episodes and things of this nature. But I go to therapy, right? And one of the things that they really talk about in psychotherapy in general is not to project into this negative place and then start bathing in that, right? Mm-hmm. You what you really want to do is um, kind of hold your power, right, and find what makes you feel the most whole. Right. And it's really, it's really silly, but for my wife, as an example, um, you know, she's been doing the dishes every single day. Right. And it's, it's always been a shared thing. We've always been great with it in our family, whether it's be my kids, whether it be me, but for my wife, she's taken this over and it's just her little piece of power that she's holding on to right now that allows her to focus on the things that she can control, right? And I think a when task we task that at, can get done. Yeah, and so, so we're not making the argument that, you know, if, if you've decided, this is actually in the last podcast that I did with Scott Hall, we talked about this. Most people, when they start any kind of diet intervention, don't, fairly attribute how difficult it's going to be mm-hmm. right they don't go into it thinking that wow this is going to be really really hard 
they just think my weight is up 20 pounds. I need to do something, right? It's like, okay, but let's slow down for just a second. Is this the best time to do something? Is this the best time? Like all, you can't just think, I, this is happening to me. I need to do this. What you have to think about is, and this is what, I can't remember the guy's name, but it was, it was Dr. Katz, right? And he was making the argument for a gigantic push for food to be part of the solution for all of our health and immunity all along, right? And that as part of all these stimulus packages for small businesses and, and, and stimulus packages for people and things, that there would also be a push as it relates to food and moving, right? And when you think about the, the issues that you might have related to weight and looking at some type of diet intervention, what I need you to think about is how gangster are you in this moment? Because some of us actually are pretty gangster in this moment. We are ready to say, screw you, COVID. We are right. ready to go out there and, and do whatever it takes to gain control of our lives back right? Mm -hmm. But you can't say, because of this, I'm going to do this. Now, Susan can help you. I can help you. We can, but, but, but there is a process of steps that needs to happen as you get control of that. Because if you are over-consuming, if you are leaning more towards Skittles than you are towards lean meats and vegetables, then, then the chasm of where we are compared to where you need to be is going to be a little bit more difficult than you might think. Now, any little thing that you do in that moment is going to seem real positive. So what we often see is that in a moment like this, one of the reasons why, I always make this argument for resolutions because I see people do so well with resolutions. Well, why do they do so well with resolutions? Because it's easy to let your weight get out of hand around the holidays. You're doing more drinking than you normally would. You're eating foods that you normally might not eat. And you go, you know what? It's 10 days. I'm just not going to check the scale. You check the scale. It's 10 pounds up, right? And maybe you wanted to get a little bit lean or introduce an exercise protocol or something of this nature. Now, all of a sudden, the small little things that you do show you big results and then it's that momentum so right. so 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 you take the skittles and you take that out of the picture and now you replace that with yogurt with blueberries and a little bit of honey right same calories more nutrients and now you take those nutrients and that new gym membership that you have instead of you know, that those Skittles aren't going to really do a whole lot for you, but the yogurt, blueberries, and the honey are going to do a lot more than you might think, right? So now all of a sudden, instead of going to the gym and feeling kind of yucky, you're feeling 100%. So instead of working out at 60%, you're working out at 85. And then exactly. you're progressively able to get to 100. And that's what I'm saying is that in moments like this, and once again, everyone's a little bit different. But you have the power within you to make a small change. And I'm telling you that it's in moments like these that those small changes turn into a snowball, right. tsunami, you know, avalanche type of effect, right? 
And that is where I think most people are. So, so what happens is, is if I told you the 15 steps that it was probably going to take for you to succeed, right, from where you're at, it might seem overwhelming. But if I told you one, mm-hmm. and that one made a positive impact on your life, now all of a sudden you're open to hearing number two. Right. And by the time we get to 15, your whole life's different and you didn't even really notice. Right, right. And so, and, yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. Uh, There's just one more, one more quick comment I want to make. And this is something that was said to me um, uh, by several people who wrote to me who are a couple of those people who are actually doing well, who said, I actually made a resolution when this all started to get, you know, they, these are people who wrote to me about getting onto the Good Mood Diet and how, which the Good Mood Diet was not supposed to be titled the Good Mood Diet. It was supposed to be the Good Mood Life, but the publisher said people would think it was a novel. And so it had to be diet. So just putting that out there. Um, I have had people write to me and say, I'm feeling guilty because I'm doing well. I'm following your advice. I have a plan. I've instituted one change every couple of weeks. Uh, my family is doing better because of the way I'm cooking. We, can, we don't have to go to the grocery store so frequently because I have a plan of what to buy when I go. My grocery bill has reduced because we're not buying any alcohol. We used to spend a lot of money on alcohol. So even though some people said it was gonna cost me more, it's costing me way less, and I have no food that I'm throwing out because I know what I'm cooking. So, um, but this feeling of guilt, because everything they're seeing on social media is all of this negative stuff, how bad life, you know, all these people that have sort of spun out of control. And, And my answer is, first of all, should never feel good about bad about taking care of yourself. Um, everyone wants to be you, not the people who are spinning out of control. But lastly, we have no idea whether all of these reports of what people are saying are even true. If they're trying to attract, as you said, through negative messaging or advertising or marketing, that you know, people to them, because for some reason, there is this attraction to the dark side, then um, don't, don't fall into that trap. And in fact, get yourself off of social media, if you need to, or, or limit your, you know, limit your screen time, do other things, because the feeling of I'm doing well, and I'm guilty because of it, is, is a, terribly unproductive, nonsensical, and not, not to take away the validity of that you feel that way because you're reading all these other posts, just stop reading them because good for you for taking care of yourself and your family. So it's interesting because honestly, I feel like social media has been really good for a lot of this, right? A lot of the bad information is sort of being struck down and a lot of the good information is starting to proliferate. Um, I see a lot of people posting a lot of memes that are kind of funny and uplifting and things of this nature. I do think the health and fitness industry is not handling this very well. 
I think that we don't really know what to do um, because anything positive gets shot down and then anything negative, obviously, you know, shouldn't be part of the equation. I think, um, you know, you can be um, too, you know, accepting of, you know, bad behavior and, and not really, you know, my view of a coach is to take you from a place where you are right now and show you things that you don't know to get you to a place you've never been, right? And if your coach or if the people that you're following on social media are always like, suck it up, buttercup, right? Right. Um, you know, I don't think you need that in your life. And so, you know, just so you know, I don't just talk this stuff. I walk it, right? Right. So I've unfollowed so many people, you know. Um, I have too in the past because, couple months. Bec but not, not because I don't believe in their right to say whatever they have to say, but because I don't need that narrative in my life. Exactly. But I took it, but I took it farther than that. I've always been someone. So first of all, you know, like I said, I'm a marketer. You know, I do a lot with marketing. I'm very interested in ads and things of this nature. So it's very common for me to click a lot of the ads that are on Facebook. But I also do overconsume hoodies and sneakers and a lot of things that, frankly, I don't need. Right. And so, one of the things that I've done, as you know, kind of my life has has the dishes. Right. For me, is I'm hiding all the ads that I used to see because you only see the ads, right? See, this is the thing about social media because a lot of people talk to me about social media and how social media is bad for me and things like that. No, no, no. If you follow the right people, your social media is empowering, right? It's, if you're constantly looking for a negative narrative, you will find that, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so I've just hidden, you know, the narratives that aren't for me, but also the, the things that I would consume previously in terms of my money, right? That now feel, I, I, yeah, I don't know, ashamed is a good word, but, but it doesn't feel like I need that in my life, right? right. So, so for me, I'm hiding so many ads. Um, and See. then Facebook asks you why. And right. I say, because I bought it, right? And when you say I bought it, they're not going to show you that ad anymore. Oh, right? <laughs> that's good. So you'll, so you'll never see it again, even though you didn't buy it, right? And, and you know, um, there's a, it, what's funny about it, Susan, and this is going to sound crazy to you because, you know, this might not be your reality, but there's a part of me that always liked the distraction, Right. And I was not an impulsive purchaser, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I, there was one hoodie that I, I purchased probably three months ago that I probably looked at that thing for six months, you know? Um, but, but I just didn't need that distraction in my life anymore. Mm -hmm. And ulti ultimately, for me, I feel like I'm going to come out of this as a different person, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and... And, and that's the challenge, I think, for all of us. And that's what I think Susan and I are talking about. Because I think wherever you are, you have every right 
to be there, right? Um, but what I would say to you as a coach, as someone who helps people in these moments, is that those little small ideas, the little small changes, they add up to so much more than you think because what you start to realize is that you were overly reliant on you, this, this, you know, things that weren't adding too much to the, to who you are. And then all of a sudden you start to realize how empowering it is to have these additional things in your life. And they just start to breed on themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so that'll be the message there. I appreciate it. I know we went a lot longer than normal, but it just felt like, well, for one, we probably just needed other adults to talk to. Uh, <laughs> but but it was, it's, I know it's something you're passionate about. It's something that I'm passionate about. And I really feel like people need this direction, right? And so, so just understand that if you need a little bit of a diet intervention, Good Mood Diet would be a great read for you. If you need more than that, just remember that you have more time. You have the ability to do a lot of these things. So it might actually be a good time for a diet intervention. What you have to ask yourself is, am I willing to do the steps it's going to take to succeed? And like Susan's saying, it would shock you that thousands of people that I'm seeing are doing that, Right. And, and that's not to discount the people that are struggling, but I'm just saying to you that don't start to hear this message because it, it kind of fits the narrative that you want to have in that moment, right? You should know that if you're following other people, those people are still adding to their good routines and things of that nature. So I think that's helpful. All right. Well, you stay safe and we'll talk. We still have to do a Q&A. I've wanted to do a Q&A with Susan for so long with everyone, um, but just haven't been able to kind of get the, the timing right. But that is coming, everyone. So, so be on the alert for that. Susan, you have a great weekend and uh, we'll talk to you later. You too, Paul. Stay well, everyone. All righty. Bye now.